Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time of day it is. Welcome once again to Gaming Street Irregulars. My name's James Harris, joined as always by Chrissy Harding. Hi, everyone. And we're back. We are. That was a nice long, that was a long break. I think it was longer than we expected. Yeah, but circumstances kind of just kept running up into us. This is fair. Very fair. And unfortunately, uh, my other podcast is taking a still longer break. Mm. Poor Pemmy. Yeah. Uh, just in case anyone's not following um, Pemmy, Pemmy is one of our good friends, a frequent guest on our show. We do recommend, you know, praying for him if you guys want to help him out. Uh, he does have an awesome Patreon where he does put a lot of stuff out for his Patreons, which is really kind of cool. What's his Patreon under? Under. Artificial Orange Studios. There we go. So, you know, if you want to help him out, if you enjoy his stuff, check him out on, on YouTube, Artificial Orange Studios uh, YouTube channel. He puts out some really great stuff, you know, kind of help a guy out. He's really cool, too. Those who've met him at, uh, what was it, over at FC3, because he was an artist there this year. Between me and James, we wanted to bring him in and have him have a good time. So, you know, help a guy out. We also yeah. have another announcement. One of our other guests on this show, Seth, has a YouTube channel. Take it away, James. Yes, that's right. You can find Seth at Merck Serene. Search for M-I-R-K and you should find him. In fact, we'll include a link to him in the description for this podcast. But he's been recently doing a Let's Play of a hardcore mode of, of a Minecraft mod, which unfortunately came to an end a oh. couple weekends ago when Ooh. his character done died oh dear i didn't think you could die in minecraft is this like a new thing that you can die now in minecraft Cause oh yeah I mean, there's, there's always been exploding creepers and zombies and of course enderman and whatnot things you have to fight and playing as you may know from other games playing in hardcore mode means one death that's it oh Sorry, Seth. <laughs> oh, but it must have been a fun journey. It's it's a fun journey to watch. I just haven't watched the deaf one yet. That's how yeah. behind I am. So now he's uh, he's taking a step, a quick step back to figure out what he's going to do next. Uh, personally, I'm hoping he plays some more of the game I got for him on Steam, Guild of Dungeoneering. Mm -hmm. That's actually a really fun game. I've been playing that when I haven't been playing uh, the game that Pemi got me, Sexy Brutal, which is for someone who loves mysteries and puzzles it's one of my favorite games right now i'm i'm so addicted to this game i beat it now i'm trying to do the 100 percent mode so that's one thing you got for christmas indeed so so this is our miscellaneous or two things rather <laughs> yes two things i haven't gotten to the other i haven't gotten to the cute the mad squad yet because that's now what I have dubbed the Galaxy Wolf You Got Me and the Headless Horseman that someone got me from Disney is the Cute When Mad Squad because they are so they look so angry, but they're so freaking cute. <laughs> so in case you haven't told, this this is going to be kind of a miscellaneous podcast. We're going to talk about swag we got for Christmas, game-related or not, what some of our friends have gotten for Christmas. And a couple other things that's going to be going on because uh, we're going on a fun adventure together. And we're not quite sure how this is going to end up because it's going to be the first time I've ever done this. We'll get to that in a second. Right. And there's a few other miscellaneous things going on. And also we want to just maybe chat about some video game news and whatnot. Because there's been a lot going on. Yes, yes, there has. The, the video game industry decided not to take a break and just work throughout our break and now we have to play catch up this is gonna be fun yeah well let, let's start with with just the fun easy stuff what we got for christmas mm -hmm. so james got me this really cute you can find it on t turtle not a sponsor yet um and it is called reversible plushies and he got me the little galaxy wolf which flips on one side is this cute little light lilac pink Happy Wolf. And then if you flip to the other side, it's this dark purple angry one whose eyes, nose, and mouth glows in the dark, which freaked me out the first time that I had it sitting on my nightstand. And then I looked over and I could just see the eyes glowing. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And being a ghost. Sorry. Hunter, you didn't know. I didn't no, know. I knew. And I thought I told you. 
You probably didn't. I probably forgot. You know my brain sometimes. So, of course, being a ghost hunter, like, on the, you know, when I can be, I was just like, holy shit, what did I bring home with me? And then when I turned on the light and I saw it was the plushie, I'm like, oh, I can't be mad at you. You're so cute. Uh. <laughs> And then the other thing I got, they're called Wishables. And seriously, the tag on this thing is bigger than the actual stuffed animal. It comes from Disney. It's the Disney villain series. And it is the Headless Horseman, who is one of my favorites. So I have, the, and literally, yes, he's headless. So of course, he doesn't really have a head, but the pumpkin that he's carrying. But the horse, oh my God, the horse looks so mad but he's so stinking cute. There's a picture of it on my Facebook page of uh, is my profile and it's called the cute when mad squad. Cause they are, they're so cute when they're mad. So they kind of sit in my, in my table next to me in the game room. So that was some of my swag. I got the other things I got, I got a whole bunch of jigsaw puzzles cause I like to do jigsaw puzzles in the winter. I got a clue jigsaw puzzle, which is there's a mystery. You put the you read the mystery, you put the puzzle together, and then you use the puzzle you put together to solve the mystery. I have to get this for my parents now. I have a bunch if you want to borrow them. Okay. Yeah, I have I have uh, grounds for mur- grounds for murder, which is takes place in a coffee shop. Recipe for murder. I have murder on the Orient Express, death on the Nile. There's a Sherlock Holmes one based off of the Speckle Band. My mom bought me one of those, but she didn't realize I already had it. <laughs> so I had to return hers. Um, and then I got one that was actually, um, that one there is called Art of Murder that I did get. And it's like 16 different murders based off of one puzzle. So that's going to keep me busy. And then there's the Clue one. What else did I get? Oh, I got a little retro bit Game Boy that I need to bring over to you because I think you'd have a great time with this. And it's loaded with games by Data East, so like Burger Time and all of that. Okay. It does not have the Ghostbusters game on it because it's like a little Game Boy. So it's it's not a big emulator. It's kind of small, but it's enough It's enough to keep you busy when you're playing it for a few hours. Well, that they probably couldn't get the Ghostbusters license. Most likely. And then also I got a new um, mouse pad for work that James got me. In addition to the turtle, or in addition to the, the, the mad, cute mad wolf. And it is of Link and Navi. So that goes to work with me. And that's my mouse pad at work, which everyone just is like, really? And I'm like, yep, right next to my little master sword letter opener. Now, I should mention that this is not an ordinary mouse pad. This is one of those wrist support mouse pads mm-hmm. that you probably see at conventions and the like. Normally, with a with an attractive female, and the rest pad is shaped like um, her. Yeah. What's between the midriff and neck? Let's put her it boobs. that way. I'll say it. Her boobs. This one here is just is just navvy and hey, listen. So that's what the the wrist wrist support part is. So I had to double check it because <laughs> I have a picture. So yeah, it is the most G-rated version of that I could find, and since I know. Our dear Chrissy is a massive Zelda fan. I was like, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. The other thing I also got to from um, our friend uh, Jason, who is our meme lord, he got me the 30th edition Rifts Player's Guide book. It's a hardcover book. Um, Rifts is a game that I've been playing since the early ni- since the late 90s. He actually introduced me to it. And um, I'm part of a 20-year-long Rifts campaign. Yeah, 20 years. It's going to be 20 years this year. That I do through Skype. We we started in Skype. We're now, I think, in Zoom. I, I don't know. I just know that they sent me the link. Literally, you get, the, you get the, the text. We're playing tonight. You get the link. You play. We sit there. We try not to try not to die or kill our, or kill our DM. It's one or the other. So, all right. That was my swag. What was your swag? Well, for starters, you got me two very adorable items. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off is a lovely little coffee or hot chocolate mug designed to look like a Game Boy. And when you fill it with hot liquid, it shows scenes from the first Super Mario Land. Literally, when I saw that at Kohl's, I'm like, I literally just grabbed it and ran with it. And my mom was like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is for James. <laughs> it was perfect. How could I, I couldn't pass it up. It was so cute. And I've got a ton of fond memories of that game, too. That's one of the first Mario games I was actually able to successfully beat. I think it was the first Mario game any of us have ever actually successfully been able to beat. 
without uh, cheating. I'd be, I think I beat Super Mario 2 before that. But anyhow, and she also gave me a frankly adorable little Castlevania blanket. I had to after we did the after we did the October podcast. Like you do not know how much well, as soon as I was like, oh, Castlevania, like the Castlevania podcast as we were doing the podcast, I was already on Amazon looking for this blanket. Like, I, I was just like, I am looking. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's how as soon as as soon as we did Castlevania and we got your blanket back in Castle, the Castlevania, I was like, I need to get him a Castlevania blanket. And it's so fuzzy, too. Like, it's, it's fleece, isn't it? I got you the fleece one. It right? is. It is indeed. Because I was like, I want it to be fuzzy. But on top of that, Justin gave me a lovely little book in one of my favorite series, the Hardcore Gaming 101 Presents books, which are available on Amazon. And this one is The Guide to Beat-Em-Ups, Volume 1. That looks so cool. This covers some of the belt scroller games from the three big arcade publishers of the late 80s into the early 90s which would be Technos, Capcom, and Konami. Plus it covers Sega's Streets of Rage series. Nice. So we've got Double Dragon in here. We've got River City Ransom. We've got all the Final Fight games. Capcom's various licensed games, like the two Dungeons and Dragons arcade games. We've got Konami's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles titles and their Simpsons and X-Men games and all the Streets of Rage titles up to the recent number four. Oh, really? Yes. Whew. He did good. It covers the majority of the real A-list ones. I like that. That was that was really cool. And then you got him Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, I think, right? That was you? That's correct. Yeah, this is an awesome D&D book. Um, I just love all the D&D books, though. I'm going to be discussing that uh, and its influence on something else in just a moment, a few moments. But uh, Justin forgot to mention that you got him a copy of Gloom. I did. I got him a copy. I think it's second edition Gloom. I I saw it and I know how much he kind of likes, kind of likes those like, not like puzzles, but not puzzle games. So I was like, oh, I should get this for him. Yeah, we actually got a chance to play it after you had uh, left from our little December visit. Mm-hmm. And we enjoyed it a good bit. We we oh, got good. into it talking in morose tones like Ooh. this. After we wrapped up, I told him that there was a, a version of it parodying Game of Thrones, and that perked him up. Oh, yeah. I saw that. They also I also saw it at... Um... I have not played it, but I saw it, and I really thought about snagging it too. Um, in the used game session section, yeah, section at Millennia was it's called the Hand of the King, and it's a Game of Thrones game where you actually are playing as the Hand of the King and trying to survive Westeros. And the art style on it is very cartoony, but very cool looking. And I really, if you can't tell, the art will drag me into any game into buying it. But yeah, I was looking, I saw that, I saw that there too. And I thought about you guys, cause you guys do like your game of Thrones. Well, up until the last very few episodes, we are not talking about the eighth season. It does not exist. No, as far as I'm concerned, the eighth season ended when Arya Stark killed the Night King. That's it. Uh, That's spoiler been, alert. It's been out for a few years now. I think everyone yeah. knows cause we all complained about it. That's it. I agree. That's where it should have ended. Boom. The Night King's dead. I don't care what happens to Cersei. I don't care what happens to anyone else. The Night King has died. Arya, Arya is the chosen one. That's all you need to know. Yeah, and she was chosen to go on to multiverses. <laughs> Can we that, that's what she found out. That's what she found was west of Westeros. Acme. <laughs> oh my god. Poor Arya. She's in for some shocks. Let's see. What did, oh, who was it? Crunchy? Did Crunchy say what he yeah, got? Yeah, Crunchy spoke up. He got some neat new speakers, but that was about it, gaming related. Good for him. Yeah, I'm sure that'll come in handy with his streaming since he's uh, since he's been trying to get back into doing his artwork again. Oh, that would be cool. He does Now, does he do that on Picasso or does he do that on Twitch? I don't know if he does it on Picardo or not. Because we should totally promote that too, because Crunchy's a good artist. 
Oh yeah, Crunchy's just a good guy altogether. Yeah, and I can't wait to have I can't wait to have all of our guests back. Every time we have a guest on, I instantly miss them after I finish editing the episode. Oh my god, you know who we should get a hold of is Ulf Slayer to have him comment on the on the football season this year. Considering, okay. Oh, we should just because of how the season is. In case anyone doesn't know, Ulf Slayer is kind of our monster league guru. He's very well known in that community, and he's he came on to talk about Monster League and the Buffalo, the Buffalo, what is it, the Snuffalo Frills, something and, like that. Yeah, that downloaded com. And I actually enjoy watching some of the stuff online, like on YouTube of the game. I know I can't do I can't do sports games. I, I tried. I die. It's all that matters. But we should. To- I mean, we just need to have everybody on. I will tell you, so my best friend, Dino, I got him, it's called the Anti-Monopoly Game. Okay. It's like the Monopoly Game, but not. You're trying to break apart the trust, so it's much more vicious than Monopoly can be. I got, for my nieces, I got, um, I didn't really get them anything game-related this year because the one's in college and one's looking for a full-time job, so... Haley's getting into making her own coffee, like Starbucks quality coffee. And she could, so I got her a book of recipes for her, as well as a notebook so she can write down her own recipes. And then Taylor, I got her these shirts by an artist called Stephen Rhodes. And have you ever, and I would recommend anyone to look up this guy's artwork because. It reminds me of stuff from the 80s, like, you know, the Nancy Drew books, or it's like that kind of cover artwork. And it's really, it's it's her it's her new favorite artist, so she wanted t-shirts by him, so I got her t-shirts of that. And then there was a lot of Amazon cards that had been thrown around, so um, my dice goblin part of myself, my dice gremlin part of myself had come out, and I got two new sets of dice for my DMing experience. I got... Phantom Teal and Gold by Chessex and Gemini Purple and Teal and Gold by Chessex. Okay. So you'll get to see those in, in play. Because I haven't been able to go to Tanya's house to get my dice bag because they were on quarantine. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks, Still Robert. in quarantine. Literally, it, I feel so bad for her because she almost made it. She almost made it not testing positive. Cause I it know. Started, it started with her youngest son. Then it went to her oldest son. Then I went to um, Nana, who is Randy's mom, I believe, is it, who lives in the house with them. And then Randy got it. So she thought she dodged a bullet. And then, nope. Oh, I feel so bad for her. She almost made it. She almost made it. But that ties into, uh, well, before we get into that, I just want—I just remembered one other thing. Uh, uh, Pemmy got for me a copy of a BlazBlue game that was on my wish list. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Pemmy was having a good time with Steam. Also, you yeah. did get, you also did get all your friends, uh, the the Guild of Dungeoneering, which is all my friends really... who are on Steam at least. Yeah, you could not, you do not know how much running I had to go through. So when Pemmy texted me, I was at work, and he's like, "I want to buy you a Steam game, but it won't let me buy you a Steam game because we're not friends. I need you to get on Steam to be friends." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, shit! What is my Steam password?" <laughs> it's like trying to remember it in the middle of work. God damn it, Pemmy, couldn't you have waited until I got home? <laughs> I figured it out eventually, and he was able to give me a Sexy Brutal. But I have to say, that was a good choice, though, the Guild of Dungeoneering. Like, that is a, that's actually, I was, ha- I was not having, I did not expect to have as much fun with that game as I did. Yeah, you know me, I love my indie games. I know, and I like, and it's cool promoting, you know, indie artists, because that's, Sometimes they come up with the best games, like Shovel Knight was by an indie company, too. Mm-hmm. So. Doo, doo, doo. And oh, and of Cuphead's course, it also com- helps that most indie games are easily ran on my ancient computer. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So, yeah, my, my little laptop does its best, too. All right, so... Coming down to the wire. So do you want to do our news first or do you want to do gaming news first? Let's do our news first. Okay. So one of the things that, and I think it's hilarious because it's exactly a year ago that we did the the Dungeon Masters podcast. Mm -hmm. The two-part podcast where we had the Dungeons Masters on talking about for people to do for their first time 
dungeon master, you know, being a dungeon master and everything else. And I got roped into becoming a dungeon master for the first time. And all I can say is, I need to learn to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> oh. Oh my god. Chris Chris caught me at Maker's Fair. He's like, yeah, you'll be good at it. Hey, Robin, da, 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 Chrissy's gonna do a DM. Do you want to join it? And she's like, and he's like, James is gonna want to do it. And, and I'm like, great. Here's the pressure. <laughs> I couldn't no. say no. No, it's fine. So literally since then, and then of course, Chris is like, we should next week do a session zero. And I'm like, no. No. No, I need time to prepare for this. I don't have any books. I don't know the first thing about DMing other than watching my DMs do it. Like, no, like, no, I need time to prepare for this. So I was, I told him I couldn't do anything until after the new year, which we did. And we had our first session zero. What was it? The 14th? That's right. We had it on the 14th. So in the group is obviously our fearless leader, Chris. Uh, Tanya, our friend Robin, or Justin, who's been a co-host on our show, James, and then Jason, our meme lord, and then one of my friends, Cassidy, uh, from work, who used to, whose family used to do Dungeons and Dragons as a Friday, like as kind of a game night thing. So she did agree to become a cleric of the Twilight Realm. Oh, good. We have a healer. She's never played cleric before, so y'all are going to have to help her. Don't worry. I, I will I told, stand in the back with her. That's okay. I think I'm going to put her between you and Chris because I know you you've played cleric before, and I know Chris and Tanya have. So, but I have Briefly to played cleric, but yeah, yeah. But you, you, I mean, you understand spell casting better than she does because she's usually right. played the tank. So this is kind of new for her. She's excited at the same time, but she's also like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, don't worry. Not many of us do, so you're in good company. Fortunately, clerics are less squishy than most other spellcasters. Thank God. They're not they're they're squishy, but they're not squishy squishy. So Yeah, I they're not to... wizards who take one D4 stubbed foot damage. <clears throat> and dies. I'm, I'm so pulling that out on whoever if I have a wizard that I can do that to, I'm so doing it at some point. Yeah, I also I have we so we did do our session zero. You tell them what you're playing, because it's kinda cool. I've actually revived uh, the character concept I discussed when we were doing our player character podcast with Aka Kyoga. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Kalista Fitzimeth, who in previous incarnations was a tiefling draconic heritage sorceress. But this time I'm turning her warlock. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to just go with, oh, she's she's all dark and edgy now being paired up with some demon or great old one. I wanted something that reflected... That she was kind of this ironic, silly little uh, character. And Justin suggested uh, the Pact of the Genie. Good choice. So I so I paired her up with a Dijin, the, the wind element aligned genie. And we've uh, established that she's kind of a, a library rat at the, at the Sanctuary of the Sun, which is the local temple of Pelor. And... Mm-hmm. You know, she's been catching wind of these dual illnesses, one where people stop being able to sleep altogether and one where people just fall asleep and can't wake up. Mm-hmm. And that these are both coming down simultaneously in a world where there is a very strong connection to the realm of dreams. Well, that's a heck of a mystery all to, just off the bat. It's kind of a rumor in the background for these characters. So as the DM, one of, I'm going to actually, in this, I'm actually going to take a moment. I'm going to explain how I came up with the Dream Realm. And anyone who's actually read any of my work under my fan fiction name, Maisha Wolf, especially anything out of the Harry Potter realm, you would, you're going to suddenly, once you read and if you know, like Dancing with Lady Death, Tears of Blood, those book, those stories that I wrote, you're knowing which characters are popping up the second you hear dream the dream realm because there is a trio of siblings, um, Morphia, who is the painter of dreams and hopes, Phoebos, the nightmare, the mistress of nightmares, she's the illusionist, and then there's not then there's Nex, who is the Sandman or the Watcher of the Gate, and they pretty much keep in balance with each other, but there's an imbalance in the dream realm. That's now spilling over into this world. 
of Monestia, which is where they're all based. And normally DMs will have you gradually um, find items. I didn't really want to do that. I, so I actually gave each character a special item. It doesn't have, it doesn't increase their, it doesn't increase their, um, stats. Doesn't increase, it doesn't increase their stats. They're just these quirky little things that they've all come across at some point in time. We have an obsidian knife that can never be sold. Uh, anytime the person sells it, it somehow ends up back with them. You have the, you have the blank book that has nothing written in it. But you can write in it, but your writing disappears and you don't get any responses back. It's kind of like the perfect journal because no one can see your inner thoughts. We have the we have a ring. I'm trying to think what I gave. Justin has a talisman with a symbol on it of a secret society. Chris has the key. And I'm, I have Tanya has an amulet, and I have to think of Cassidy's for Cassidy's character when she puts hers up. But these things, as of right now, these, these are items that don't do anything other than what I described them of doing. So in the real world, they're just these quirky little items that are like, what the hell is that? Like, you just kind of like, okay, I don't know what to do with you, but apparently I can't get rid of you. So in this world also, too, magic is prevalent. As you and different areas of the world treat like different towns treated differently. Like if you go away from big cities, it's treated like folk magic. Some people embrace it, but some people fear it. And then when you get into the cities, it's like they try to turn it into science. Like they try to make it scientific. The dream realm, on the other hand, because of being the dream realm, magic is extremely prevalent that to the point that even non-magic users can feel it. And with enough concentration and training from someone of the dream realm, they may be even able to pull off a spell or two. That's how strong magic is. So that's where we are, because that was we have a we have um we have two rogues. Justin's is a fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris is a ranger. Tanya is a spellcaster. You're the spellcaster. She's a sorceress. You're you're the warlock. Yep. And then we're going to have Tanya has agreed, or I'm not Tanya, Cassie has agreed to become a cleric of the Twilight Realm. Yep, I'm the one spell slot wonder. Yep. At first level, anyway. I have a feeling your character is probably going to be the one, your character is going to be the one that can find all the, is going to be the one that finds all the information out. Hmm. But yeah, I've been looking at, I've been trying to come up with names for what the tieflings consider the the painter of Morphia and Phobos. Uh, the name part has been tr- tough with me, but I can see a degree of uh, ironic cynicism running as an undercurrent of tiefling society. So I'm thinking their perception of Morphia is what we wish we were. Mm-hmm. And their perception of Phobos is what we actually are. Which I, that's very good, actually. Yeah, one of the things I told all these guys, because they all come from different backgrounds, I'm literally like, because this, this is this is me, and I somewhat, and part of me is like, is this lazy? I'm like, no, it's not, because they know their characters better than I do, and they know their backgrounds better than I do, because I can't research every single freaking background. It ain't happening. I let them, I kind of let you guys create the legend of these characters in your own culture. So I like that. That's actually really nice. And the nice thing with these characters, they're all shapeshifters. So how they're seen is based off of who, of how you want them to be seen. So a lot of this is very abstract. Um, I'm sure this is probably should be, is going to probably be. I'm going to say be like, God, I was an idiot to go this big for my first time out. But we're not going to get to the dream realm right away because you guys are no. starting off with the lost minds of Fandelver, and then we're going to go into a murder mystery. Excellent. Because, and I have to say, James, the books you gave me, I need to buy copies of them for myself because these are phenomenal books, not just for being a DM, but any type of fantasy writer should have these books that you yeah, let me One borrow. of them is one we discussed uh, very briefly in our Dungeon Master Roundtable uh, called the monsters know what they're doing and there's three for and there's three volumes to it i found out there's that there's the one you gave me that's the first one there's a second one and then there's more of the monster more of the and it's kind of goes more of the monsters know what they're doing and i actually checked out his blog 
So that's kind of cool. Like I checking out his blog because he doesn't just do the monsters. He does the NCP characters. Like he he does the gods. Oh my god, it is such an awesome book, and I'm having fun reading it too because he's just like, yeah, you could do this, but I don't think these guys would think of that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm especially fond of his description of the cockatrice. Yes. Oh my god, I I had to put it down. I was laughing so hard. And I was trying to go to bed, but I couldn't go to bed because I had to finish. I had to finish that section. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then the other one you gave me was the the book of collected rumors. Yes, that was a recently a Kickstarter. Uh, the The author has been working on these uh, ru- rumor books for a few years now, and this is a compilation of everything he's done, fantasy wise. Yeah, it, this one's really kind of cool. Um, this is also another good one for anyone who's doing a fantasy novel and you're trying to figure out like what to do, like not just as a D, not just as a DM, but just as a fantasy writer, like because it tells you, it gives you the two outcomes of if it's true or if it's false. So it tells you the rumor, walks you through the rumor, and then it says if it's true, this is what happens. If it's false, this is what happens. Um, which is really kind of cool because it lets you get there on your own. So that's it's kind of neat. And yeah, of course, I, I'm giving you access to my library of skinny minis. Which, if you have not seen, if you like, I understand people like the minis to paint them, but oh my god, your skinny minis are just so gorgeous. Like, I could just flip through like an art book. They're so beautifully done. I mean, they're just downright gorgeous. And then you did make your own mini of your character, which unfortunately Juno decided to bite off the ponytail. Her ponytail, of. yeah. I, I did do the 3D mini from Hero Forge. Yeah, I felt like, oh my God, I think Chris is going to feel bad about that for a long time. Mm. Well, uh, it, it's, oh, Juno. It's life with a dog. It's life life, it's with, life the... with a dog that interacts through the world through taste. Yeah, it's an Aussie Shepherd. They mouth everything. Well, yeah, speaking of skinny minis, I want to mention I'm signed up for their new subscription service. This is another unpaid plug. And they are currently in production with their first month's release, of which is going to be items that tie in with the new Fizz Band's Compendium of Dragons book. Oh, yes. I saw that. So we've got seven minis coming out, three huge, four mediums. The huge ones are going to be a moon gem dragon, a ghoul dragon, and an undergloom dragon. While the four mediums are going to be, uh, if you're familiar with Dragonlance, they are draconians. Nice. So nice, I'm looking nice, forward nice. to that. And then next month, they've already deter- they've already started sketching out those sets. There's going to be two sheets, one sheet of vampires, and the other sheet will be carnival-themed villains. Oh, nice! Probably to go with the um, the twi- the Twilight Carnival of that Feywild adventure that's out. Possibly, you know this this is a this is an idea they've had for a while that that they've let us vote on, and voting is actually still ongoing for the third set. So I don't know what that's going to be just yet. Personally, I'm I'm rooting for more Drow. I can go with that. Although I don't know if we're going to get that because we're getting a good chunk of Drow content from the second Kickstarter. It's going to be 24 drow style playable characters. So it'll be a male fighter, female fighter, male rogue, female rogue, male wizard, female wizard, and so on. And of course, you don't have to use them as player characters. You know, one of the things I love about these is you just keep turning pages and you just looking at some of these, you can come up with like, oh, I can use this for A, B, C, D, E ideas. I like that. Yeah. That's one of the things I like about it because. They're so versatile, but and, and like I said, they're gorgeous. Like if you ever get a chance to look at the artwork on these, they're gorgeous and they are worth the money. So yeah, just take a peek over at www.skinny-minis.com and you'll find they're pretty reasonably priced too. Like a sheet of 16 orcs will cost you 10 bucks. Now think about how much 16 three-dimensional miniature orcs would cost you. <laughs> yeah and that's before you have to paint them these are yeah, full these, color these are yeah and they're beautifully colored too like i can't talk enough like i mean when i got to look at them at the at the december party i was like 
blown away by like the artwork like this is something i would totally if i had my own place like you know how some people have like the photo books out in the kitchen as a coffee table book like this would be my coffee table book it'd be like <laughs> next to hyrule historia this would be on my table like i'd be like look this this is my geekdom neo before my geekdom yeah i mean i can't talk enough of how beautiful they are and then yeah just yeah so we'll keep you guys posted on on my adventures as a DM and James's reaction to me being a DM because mm-hmm. I know he'll give me like actual good feedback and we'll be like you're doing great. He'll actually tell me like when I'm like no I don't like that part. This is gonna, this I will warn you is gonna be very puzzle heavy. There will be combat, but I'm not a big fan of killing player characters because mm. I know how much goes into you uh, goes into actually. Um, Oh, what's the word? Creating them. And as a writer, like I like if I kill off my own characters, that's one thing. But like I don't like killing off other people's characters. I feel it's wrong. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's it can be a little on the rough side, but. So yeah, all right. So gaming news, because we only have twenty minutes left. Well, yeah. Although we we don't have to to go too far one direction or the other but fair enough but yeah the big gaming news amidst all the activision controversy microsoft stated that they were quote reconsidering their business relationship with the company it turns out reconsidering their business relationship actually meant swooping in and buying them at their most vulnerable point welcome to business yeah I mean, for those who may not know, uh, Activision has been embroiled in in scandals that have led to company walkouts and strikes and threats of unionization, to which I say, unionize, get, get yourself organized. All because Do of it. a toxic culture of, uh, well, make, make some frat houses look tame. And some of the, and if you really want a really good breakdown of the Activision uh, scandals, I recommend the Illuminati on YouTube. She actually co- she actually covers it from beginning to end, and she does her research on it too. So like the stuff she puts out there isn't her opinion; it's actually actually say something, and then she has the research to back it up. And she's got several videos about Activision and the culture of Activision in her Corporate Casket uh, series, and I. I got caught up on the whole thing through her and and in her and if you and she, in her description she actually puts down all of her sources so you can always double check her cuz she's very big into listen I'm reporting on it but here's this so you can check it for yourself but it's a bad scene like for Activision that's a, it's a bad scene so good on Microsoft kind of swooping in on the same token, I really hope that they unionize because they've been treated like shit for way too long. Yeah, the sad thing it is, of it is, as Pembroke and I both observed, Activision started as a small little company break, of people breaking off from Atari during the 2600 era because they wanted credit for their games. They wanted a more positive work environment. And look what they turned into. Yeah, they became... They became what they hated. And of yeah. course, this is after the majority of the founders have all gone on to other things now, so... Yeah, so like they were... Like the people who probably would have held the line to it had left for other stuff. So I can't really blame them for that. Oh, also, we did want to bring this up. We do want to do a shout-out to Miss Northern Belroge. Rogue? Rouge? Mm-hmm. She's getting married. They're yep, getting we, married. We we don't have a date yet, but I'm so happy for them. I Both am singular too. them and plural them. Oh my and the ring is gorgeous. The ring is just absolutely beautiful and is classy just like she is. It's a Vera Wang um engagement ring. I even think when she put up something about it, like Vera Wang even like comment took notice, like, yeah. took notice of it and her video and the video of it is up on her up on her youtube channel it's absolutely i'm just so ecstatic for them i really am 
They deserve all the happiness in the world with everything that is going on. And I do have to say, I love their take on Phantom of the Opera because I wrote a character who was the female Phantom in the year 20, uh, the 23rd, 22nd century. And when she posted that picture of her, I was like, oh my God, it's Erica. I, so, but shout out to, shout out to them. All of the love from us to you guys. That was a great way of ending 2021. Was That was just my favorite news of that whole year. Yeah, we can't wait to have you back on the show, though uh, we know gaming isn't necessarily your number one fandom. So you come to us with an idea once you're ready. Honestly, I would love to just have her on and talk about COD's playing, because as far as I'm concerned, COD's playing is, is gaming too. Okay. Yeah, let's let's do that, Let, and we'll see if we can get some of our other guests who have done cosplay. Oh, it'd be awesome having them discussing it and giving tips to people. Um, yeah. Also, just as my bit of news, I have to also give a shout out to my cousin Mike DeFranco. He just put out his first triple uh, A game on January twentieth, which is Rainbow Six Extraction. He actually was wor- he's been working on it. We didn't know what he was working on. He just said he was working on a big game and that was the end of what he told me. He's like, You're part of-. he's like, Oh, you're a game podcast? I can't tell you anything. And I'm like, You jerk. Hmm. So yeah, he did a very cool thing working on that game. So yay. All right. And then I completely derailed us. That's okay. <laughs> That's a okay. Um, some of the games that big games that are coming out uh this year is um, Pokemon Legends is coming out on the 28th. Yep, these open world game. Yep. Uh, Dying Light 2 is coming out on the 4th of February. Sifu is coming out on the 8th of February. Oli Oli World is coming out on the 8th of February. Horizon Forbidden West, a continuation of Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, is coming out on the 18th of February. The Elden Ring is coming out on February 25th. Grand Turismo 7 is coming out on May, uh, March 4th, and so on and so forth. And no word yet on when Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out. Damn you, Nintendo. Yeah, they're probably still deep in the mire on that one. And as far as I'm concerned, it's ready when it's ready. Pretty much. They keep saying next year, next year, next year. Just stop telling me next year. Just tell me, just tell me when it's coming out. That's all I care about. There is a wow. There is a lot of games coming out. Shit. And speaking of games that we're kind of uh, waiting to see when they come along, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge is hopefully coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. But they've said there's going to be a delay because they're adding some of the more playable elements that players have been requesting, not to be DLC, but to be there at launch. Thank you for listening to your fan base. Because they did announce recently a fifth playable character in addition to the four turtles. You're going to be able to play as April. And this is, you know, this is a follow-up to the old Konami beat-em-ups. It's in that same graphical style. And they said they want to add more characters. So I imagine Casey Jones is on his way, too. He better be. I agree. Oh, also coming out on March 25th is Kirby in the Forgotten Land for those Kirby fans out there. Oh, I've, I've seen the videos of this and it looks spectacular. Also, Saints Row is getting uh, rebooted this series, too. Um, That series is getting rebooted this year. Uh, August 23rd of 2020 is when that's coming out, um, where you will be building the Saints uh, from the ground up, playing as the boss. So that's going to be kind of cool, watching them reboot that series. Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl will be coming out in December, so almost a year from now as well, where you get to... And if you've ever played Stalker, Stalker is one of those underrated games. It's a good game. Just not many people have heard of it. So, And also later this year, we have the 15th iteration of the King of Fighters coming out. Yes, that is true. And unlike the previous one, which uh, Sony had to, Sony kind of helped invest in. So that became a PlayStation exclusive. This one will also be on the Xbox ecosystem. So Ooh. I'll actually get a chance to play it. Ooh. Then you could tell us all about it. A King of Fighters episode is something I want to do this year. I think I, I know Pemmy would be interested. All right, now into board games. So here are some of the hottest. Oh wait, that's not it. That's for this past year. Never mind. So 2022 oh. board games. Anticipate new board games for 2022. 
This is according to Polygon. Looks like we have Stellar is coming out. Now, what's that one? So this one is space for millennia. I'll read the description. Have marveled at the cosmos. Modern astronomy gives us valuable insights what's happening in the universe, but there's still a sense of wonder. In Stellar, you are stargazers calibrating your telescopes to bring into view celestial objects of various types. And in this game, you are actually creating a display of the night sky. Okay. That sounds cool. Yeah. Now I, I can say for board games, uh, this is probably going to be releasing next year, but they're doing the Kickstarter for it right now. Cool mm-hmm. Mini or Not is doing a Zombicide version based on the Marvel Zombies comics. Nice. And it, I, I enjoy Zombicide, but I know how frequently those games hit my table, which is not very. And I've got a lot of Marvel games already, and I, I probably just want to stick to what I've got because I'm running out of shelf space. Just time to bit buy a bigger shelf. That's how I'm I running out of space for shelves. Fair enough. Uh, also coming out uh, in this year is going to be Elder Scroll Five Skyrim as a board game. Endless Winters, the Paleo American game. This is kind of a prequel to Endless Winter to another uh, board game called Endless Winter and Pandemic. It is a Kickstarter. ISS Vanguard is a science fiction game, and it draws from Mass Effect and Star Star Trek for it is inspiration. Players must work together to explore worlds and deal with hostile alien threats while keeping their relatively fragile ship airtight and on the move towards a mysterious goal. So that sounds kind of cool. Unmatch the Marvel series. Okay, we're gonna keep we're gonna skip that one because you don't need any more stuff in your on your shelf as you have just mentioned. Right. Vampire the Masquerade Chapters is coming out as a tabletop and board game. Vampire the Masquerade has actually um has actually um was a Kickstarter and they have Flyos Games announced it would begin worldwide distribution once they've actually given it to their Kickstarter backers first so they said this is coming out probably in the third quarter of 2022 uh frost punk which is a strategy video game that came out in in 2018 is now going to be a board game soul forge fusion a hybrid deck game so this looks like it's like another magic the gathering game and it's by actually created by the guy who created magic the gathering okay richard garfield yep uh, Risk is back with a new Risk game called Risk Shadow Forces. And the next one is So You Have Been Eaten, which is looks like a cross between sci-fi and elder core. Uh, let's see. Frosthaven. Oh, Frosthaven's coming out. This is kind of a sequel to Doom Gloomhaven for anyone who's played it. I heard about Frosthaven coming. I just never really saw it coming. And then Return to the Dark Tower, which is a reboot of the classic Dark Tower game, um, which was originally marketed with help from Orson Welles. Okay. Oh, I have one other game I want to board game I want to mention. Sure. That I saw a Kickstarter for ad show up, and I'm like, this is the perfect theme for me and my friends. It's a com- from a company called Dozens of Us, who are based in Australia and South Korea, and the game is called. Meanwhile, at the con. Yes! Yes! Yep, the description is, Tomorrow's the big day. Your new company's first convention. You've studied your craft. You've visited past conventions. You've seen so many products in the past. But this time is different. This is the day of judgment for your dreams. Will they like your newfound creation? Will you be able to generate any interest at all? Most importantly... Will your booth be able to get any attention amongst all the hustle and bustle of the convention? Meanwhile, at the con is a fast-paced drafting game where you hire only the best staff you can find, use the right promotional and marketing strategies, and create the best products you can to create the best booth at the convention. Attract the most number of fans, cosplayers, and VIPs to your booth, build the best community, choose the best genres, and build up the product quality, all while trying to make sure you keep up with promotions and marketing activities. I like that. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I am definitely watching for that for that Kickstarter because that is a theme I do not have represented on my shelf yet. Nice. In fact, I also, think this is the first time 
they've done a game based about a convention at all. I'm I'm pretty sure it is because I've never heard them do a convention game before. Oh, you need to tell them about your newest project that you have been working on. Oh, yes. Uh, I've always wanted to make a little arcade diorama because for years I've been seeing people posting these replicas of arcade machines that are scaled to about the size of a G.I. Joe figure. And I'm like, I love these, but I don't know how I'd want to display them because I don't want them just sitting around loose. And at the same time, I building a from scratch dollhouse is an extensive and expensive project. But then, you know, when I was quickly scrolling Twitter while during some downtime at our session zero, I stumbled upon Lego Muppets. Interesting. And so I was like, okay, I think I'm going to be all in on these. And, and then I was just browsing other Lego stuff. And on Etsy, I came across this uh, seller called Flavor Packet Art. And he's selling minifigure scale arcade re- machine replicas. And I'm like, this is it. This is what I have been waiting for. So I just ordered my first three. I got little versions of Ms. Pac-Man, Dig Dug, and Burger Time's arcade cabinets. They're exactly what I was hoping they would be. And now I'm going to be making this Lego arcade complete with a prize counter and ticket redemption games and an upstairs cafe and just whatever I can fit onto this uh, large gray plate I have. (laughs) And if you get really good, you could probably start to make the walls of it. So you have it kind of like open on two sides. That's that's the plan. You've been so James has been sending me pictures of this, and I really think you need to put them up on the Facebook page because it is really cool. I, what I could do so that, far. or what I'm actually planning on doing is since I've been posting some videos onto Artificial Orange Studios, taking us full circle to the beginning of the podcast. Dun dun dun! I'm going to turn this into a video journal. Oh, I think that's a good idea too. So this week, I'll start taking some pictures once I wait for my last eBay shipments to arrive. And I'll get those uh, recorded and, and sent off to, to our associate producer for the video stuff. And hopefully, when he's done with the, with the project I've got him working on now, that'll be the next one. Cool. This is, like I said, this is going to be really cool when it's done. Um, from the pictures I've seen, it's kind of neat because now we have, I'm, you made a minfig of me. A minfig of yourself, and is the other one Pemmy? Uh, no, the other two are are actually Justin and Mike. Oh, really? Wow, I was off. I like mine. I oh, well, actually, question: Would you prefer your hair up or down? Either one. I've done it both ways. So okay. Usually, when I'm gaming, I prefer. I would probably. I if you ever noticed when I go when we went to Swillburgers, I was constantly trying to put my hair back, and I didn't have a scrunchie with me. So when usually when I game, I like to have my hair back because then it's out of my face. So maybe me if I'm in an arcade, it's most likely going to be pulled up. But yeah, the minifigure representations of myself and Pemmy are going to be our our cartoon personas. Nice. I've already found the face for Pemmy. So, but anyhow, <laughs> I think. Uh, I think we're just about to hit time, so we're going to take a short break. And when we return, we will have this day in gaming history. Stay tuned. Cool. Want to support the Irregulars? Head over to www.patreon.com backslash FC3ROC. We're part of the media division of Flower City Comic Con, based in Rochester, New York. We're a nonprofit group. Everything we make off of Patreon and everything else we do goes right back into putting on our future conventions and other events, from reserving the facilities to bringing in guests. If you pledge any amount, even a slim dollar, you will receive improved access to my blog entries, where every Tuesday I go over current video game news and write retrospectives on old-school arcade games, all delivered conveniently to your inbox. There's plenty of other perks and rewards, 
And if you don't see what you're looking for, reach out to the crew. They'll be happy to work with you. Want to get a hold of us in particular? You can email Christy directly at k-r-i-s-s-i at fc3roc.org and me at j-a-m-e-s at fc3roc.org. At the moment, we're still working out most social media matters, but we are indeed on Facebook at Gaming Street Irregulars. Christy and I are fairly frequently there sharing news and things we find cool and begging, I mean asking, for your questions and answers to be used in upcoming episodes. Yeah, asking. That's the ticket. We love hearing from you all, whether you have praise, constructive criticism, or just want to share something cool and gaming-related yourselves. Also, wherever you find FC3 on social media, we're usually not too far behind. So if you reach out to them with something for us, they'll get it to us shortly. Legally speaking, all music, sound effects, voice clips, and so on are the properties of their respective owners. We make no claim to them and have no intention of profiting off of them. Please don't sue us. We have nothing you'd want. Okay, for this day in gaming history, I'm looking and looking and looking, and the big thing that jumps out at me is the release of the PlayStation 2 and Xbox versions of Sonic Heroes, which is uh, very much a love-it-or-hate-it game in the, in the Sonic uh, world. I think this is one of the first original Sonic games to be released as a multi-platform title, because a couple years back, uh, Sega had stopped production on the Dreamcast, and they were getting their feet wet in console development with some original franchises like Super Monkey Ball and uh, Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg, as well as releasing some of their some of their back catalog of games onto other platforms like like the Sonic Adventure titles, which were originally on the Dreamcast. And this was the first truly multi-platform Sonic game. And apparently it didn't go over quite as well as they'd like, but compared to some of the other Sonic games that would follow, this was practically a masterpiece. Yeah, that I feel bad for Sonic Heroes. Like you said, it's definitely a love it or hate it game. That whole entire franchise, I feel bad. is It's always a love it or hate it. it like, you either love it, love what they came out with, or you're mad because it's not the original Sonic. Or you're, you're just mad because it's a glitch-filled mess. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Sonic Heroes had a neat idea where you were playing, alternating between three characters. So you'd have a team of Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles, or there would be a team of Amy, Cream the Rabbit, and Big the Cat, and so on. Yeah. But, uh, you know, some some of the level designs weren't as well thought out as they could have been and it just didn't quite work but compared to the sonic unleashed where you become a were hedgehog or the shadow the hedgehog game where where they tried to do their best to be dark and grim and edgy or this or the 2006 sonic or i think it was 2006 the reboot where they introduced a human love interest for the character I remember that, and it was like, just stop. Just yeah, it's, stop. They've been all over the place tonally, but fortunately we've had things like Sonic Generations and Sonic Mania, which have genuinely recaptured what's right about the series and have been very well received. You yeah. know, we'll, we'll take, now, now we're starting to get some good again with Sonic, and hopefully the new game will... That, that was uh, previewed in the last Nintendo Direct will, not not in the last Nintendo Direct, at the Video Game Awards will continue that trend, especially now that the movies and yes, movies plural, there is a Sonic the, a Sonic the Hedgehog movie sequel coming out this year. I will say this for the, for the movie studio, when the first one was coming out and they did the teaser trailer and literally you watched everyone who grew up with Sonic or knew of Sonic going, no because it looked it was creepy as hell i i have to say that and the fact that they stopped what they were doing went back and fixed the cgi instead of saying well screw it this is what you're getting like most studios would do they did it right by the fans and i will tell you that 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 movie it is definitely worth a watch because it is really really cute and really really funny and jim and and jim carrey is a great robotnik (laughs) absolutely is 
like he he plays i i'm a i like tim as the riddler but robotnik is like his best villain role so far like there's there's nothing wrong with how he played robotnik in that especially the part with the latte mm-hmm. and you don't know what i'm talking about now you know gotta go watch it ha <laughs> ha and I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We are going to be back next week. We hope. We better be. Yeah. We just got to come up with a nice, nice new plan. But, we, but we've got lots of ideas we're working on, of course. And mm-hmm. on behalf of Chrissy Harding and all our friends, thanks for tuning in. And as always, game on. Bye, everyone. <laughs>